Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Nice to see you all, I feel. Been a bit too long. Sort of like, feels like a long time and feels like we always do this. It's got that familiar feel to it, except the face mask bit. Um, So here we are, mid-November, four months since we were last in the building. I think, was mid-June when we were last here. Um, and so it feels like we were quite interrupted with what we were doing in church, and that's fine because that's life. Life comes with its interruptions. Um, so this Sunday and um, next Sunday, I just want to talk a little bit about discipleship and the ways in which God forms us into the likeness of Christ um, just to maybe, you know, encourage us in the walk that we're in, in becoming like Jesus. And then we hit Advent and we will do something together as a church to enjoy and celebrate the season of Advent. Advent, it would be very advantageous. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Um, So, yeah, tonight I just want to talk about you know, a little bit about life with God and how we participate with him in our ongoing discipleship Um, and how all of life is always an ongoing invitation from God to be more like Jesus. Like he's always coming to us, inviting us to take steps along the way in how we walk like Jesus did, how we live our lives in faithfulness and how we trust and obey him. And I, I feel like um, some of this is maybe just coming out of my own reflections of what my life has been like as we were in lockdown. And I feel, I'll, I'll speak for myself and if you connect with the same experience, that's great. And if you don't connect at all with what I'm saying, that's fine. Um, but I feel like for, for me the experience of lockdown became almost like um, a hyper-awareness of the immediate So we were in this collective um, experience as a nation but also as a globe, maybe we could say as New South Wales. And I felt like because of what we were doing and because of how things were changing day by day and because of the uncertainty of what was to come and because life before lockdown felt like so foreign, it almost felt like my world shrank a little bit to what was immediately happening day by day. And I think that that's fine, right? Like that's often how we, we get through um, things that we're going through. Sometimes to consider what has been and what might be is all a bit too much and so we live very much in the moment. And that can be a really good thing. I think, in fact, one of the healthiest things that is around in the culture at the moment is that sense of being mindful, to be present, to be where you are, to be fully where you are, to not be living in the past nor be living in the future, but to actually be living right here where you are with who you are at any given time. And that is indeed, in fact, the way that God can relate to us because God is only real to us in the present moment. For us, God doesn't live in the past, nor does he live in the future, even though he's beyond all things, if you talk kind of like cosmically. In our any given experience, God is only ever present to us right here, right now. That's where he is, inviting us to connect, to know, to trust, to love and to obey, right here, right now. 
But I have come to realise, and maybe it was because of the experience I had in lockdown about that sense of living kind of in the tyranny of the immediate, that we are also, as followers of Jesus, not meant to live in any way divorced from the past nor divorced from the future. Because we, as followers of Jesus, have entered into the story that God is writing in this world that has a beginning long before our own beginning and does have a completion to come when, he, when one day he will be all in all. And so we find our immediate moment in the context of the larger story. And knowing the larger story of God woven throughout all creation alongside our own larger story of what God has done in us and will do in us is actually a very healthy thing for followers of Jesus to hold. That's where it's not always so great to be just focused completely on the immediate. If the only thing we're living by is what we're thinking, feeling and experiencing in the moment, then as followers of Jesus, we're kind of missing some of the point because it's not just about right here, right now, what I'm thinking and feeling and experiencing. It's about how God grounds that in light of the larger story of what he's doing both in our own lives, in our communal lives and in the whole entire world. And so I felt that, you know, lockdown for me was, and coming out of it, I suppose, was an invitation in a way to kind of just reground myself, not just in the, the immediate, not just in what's happening right now right around me and what am I experiencing and what am I feeling, but to, to call myself back to living in light of the larger story of what God is doing in me and what God is doing in us. And so tonight I guess I just want to talk a bit about that in order to call you forth. Not that you wouldn't be present to your immediate circumstances. You need to be. That's where God will meet you. But so that your imagination and your hope is held and grounded by the larger story, that the larger things that God is doing as we follow Jesus. So there are many wonderful um, scriptures that talk about God's you know, journey in pulling us forth into maturity, that the goal of the Christian life is that we would become complete and mature as, as, as people. But these are some of my favourites that I've just picked out and put up for us to, to sit in a bit tonight. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, and we all, it's, it's Paul's writing. Whenever Paul's writing, it's very hard to just quote one verse because he takes about 57 verses to say one thing. And so I just need you to say this comes at the end of a very long Pauline, you know, argument. But anyway, dot, dot, dot. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed um, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This idea that as we just put our attention on Jesus, as we contemplate him, as we focus on him, that the Spirit of God is at work in us calling us forth into ever-increasing glory. We're being transformed. Ephesians 4.13 again comes at the end of a, a long Paul talk and this is in the context of when he's talking about the church and how he has apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists and that the goal of us being a body, 
being together as the body of Christ, being a faith community, is that we would all work together until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's your completion, that God will work in you in your faith community, transforming you, calling you forth into maturity and fullness. And James chapter 1 and verse 4, and we actually in this morning's church spent, uh, we did a Lectio Divina on James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 and just really sat in this passage and it was wonderful. But it's that bit that we all love that says, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. You know that lovely verse, you know, the one we all love to like quote and put on our wall because we just love joyful trials, but it goes on to talk about let patience finish her work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And again, this idea that the spirit of God, that the patience of God is at work in us, not just for random fun, but to call us forth in maturity and that we might be complete. And so this whole movement of becoming more like Christ, becoming mature in the faith, not wavering and being tossed around by any kind of thing that comes our way, but growing up to be solid, faithful, obedient followers of Jesus Christ is a process that God does throughout our entire life. And it's a process that I think is a little bit like um, a, a dance God works and dances with us and we work and dance with God. It's not that we make ourselves mature in all our own effort and energy, but neither is it that we just sit on the couch and somehow the Holy Spirit just does magic in us and somehow we turn out mature. It's a participation. It's a co-working. It's a, a process of constantly dancing with the Spirit of God as he invites us to participate Pate with him and we surrender and obey and we move in step with the spirit and this whole movement um, is happening in us all the time and sometimes we're really good at participating in it and we're moving with God and we have a sense that God is at work in us and we're growing other times we have no idea what God is doing and we're trusting that God is at work in us And other times we sense that God is moving and we are stubborn and prideful and don't really want to dance with him and he still works anyway. So this kind of dance, it's not just like all on us or all on God, but it's a a participation, a a co-working. And in the context of that Ephesians 4 verse 13, this idea that it's not just an individual thing that happens either but it happens in the context of a faith community, that we all get to participate in one another's maturity and growth. And mostly we do that by simply being annoying to one another and offering one another, um, you know, chances to forgive, to bear with one another in love, to overlook, you know, weaknesses. That's how we grow together. That's what's beautiful about the body of Christ or an individual faith community, you haven't chosen the people you sit next to, they just came, unless you're sitting next to your husband or wife, and in fact, that, that's on you, you chose. But um, that, that idea that together we all participate in, in growth. So what I want to look at a bit tonight, and this is probably a bit PC, I haven't preached a message for four months, so you're just getting the, I don't know, 
the cobwebs. That's a good thing. <laughs> but I, I have actually been sitting in Psalm 107 a little bit. I've been mindful quite a bit of, um, of some of the psalms that are the story psalms that tell the story of God's people. Um, yeah. And I've also been mindful that the refrain that often runs through these story psalms is that the loving kindness or the love or the mercy of God endures forever. And for me, when I read those words, it, that is the bedrock of my participation and my ongoing maturity with God. That it's not that I make it happen or I'm responsible for it, but somehow undergirding everything and carrying me along into completion is the reality that the mercy of God endures forever and the mercy of God carries me through to maturity. So anyway, Psalm 107 is a really beautiful psalm and I'm not going to read it all out tonight because it's quite long. But it begins like this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And then it goes on in psalm-like fashion to tell some of the story of the people of God. And then it finishes with the verse that says, Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. And I said this this morning, and you might have heard me say it before, but um, Paula Darcy, who's a wonderful teacher of the Word of God, says, God comes to us disguised as our life. God comes to us disguised as our life. So in the context of talking about discipleship, in the context of talking about growing more mature in God, usually you should not need to go searching for any program or formula for that to happen. It is happening in you and to you and through you in your life. God is coming to you in everything in your life. That doesn't mean God makes everything happen in your life. That's not what I'm saying. That's when we hold on to Romans 8, which says that God works in all things for the good of those who love him. So it doesn't matter. The chaos can be happening and God will come to you. Good things will happen and God will come to you. Tragedy can happen and God will come to you, suffering with you, ministering his loving kindness to you, allowing his patience to work in you. This is the, the beauty of God. And I, I love the idea that, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, not just living in the tyranny of the immediate, that in this psalm it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. One of the ways that's the healthiest thing for you to not just live in what you immediately think or feel or experience is to remember the story of God that he has been writing with your life from beginning to now and on into the future. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. You need to be telling your story. 
if not to anybody else, at least to yourself, that you remember the great deeds of the Lord, the ways that he has come to you, rescued you, formed you, grown you, ministered to you, that helps anchor you in the grand story of God and not just in your immediate present, whatever that might look like. And the very end of this psalm finishes with, let those who are wise... Heed these things. Let, and the, these things, it means the examples that it gives in between the bookends of this psalm. Let those who are wise consider their life. Let those who are wise ponder what God has done and is doing in them. Let those who are wise consider the loving deeds of the Lord. And that Hebrew word ponder just means to guard and protect and keep watch to observe and wait for, to retain and treasure up. Those who are wise treasure up the loving deeds of the Lord in their story and remember them because that's what grounds us in the greater thing that God is doing. So in the middle of this psalm, in between, you know, the beginning, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story and then at, uh, encouragement to be wise and to ponder what God is doing. Um, but the author of this psalm writes four kind of different experiences that some people have. And it actually says, some have done this, some have done that, some have done this, and some have done that. But God is always in the midst of them. That's what he says. And these are the four things that this psalm goes through. Some have wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They have been hungry and thirsty. Now, I don't know about you, but I know what that feels like, to feel like my life can be a bit in a desert place, a wasteland, a wilderness, to feel lonely or isolated from people. I know what that feels like. To hunger and thirst and not know if I will be satisfied. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners stuck in iron chains, stumbling without help. Some of us here know what it feels like to feel like we're sitting in darkness, in utter darkness. There are times in our life, in the story of our life, where darkness is a felt experience for us, where it feels like we might be chained up by things that, that have control over us or mastery over us or we are, you know, stuck. Some have experienced this. And God comes to them. Another psalm, some were foolish and rebellious and suffered because of their poor decisions. Does anyone want to own up to that? Anyone know that some of the suffering in their own life is because they've made a dumb choice, like consequences? Yeah, this is like the youngest son in the pig pen. This is, I wonder if Jesus read this psalm and read that bit and was like, I'm going to tell a story about a guy that goes and does that because when you read it in, in the actual psalm, it really sounds like the, the pig pen experience because it talks about losing your appetite and drawing near to death. And we know that in that story, the, the bloke 
you know, doesn't want to eat even the food that the pig, like, you know, he gets hungry. and Anyway, you know the story. Some of us have been in that place, making dumb decisions, poor decisions, experiencing the consequences of our own sin and brokenness. And God comes to us in the midst of all of that. And then another group of people, which I, I love, it says, some um, went out on the sea in ships and had adventures. <laughs> and then it talks about them experiencing, you know, storms and the highs and the lows of the, the waves and losing their courage and God coming to them in the midst of that. And the thing that I love about that bit is if you know that the Israelites of the Old Testament, they weren't, um, they weren't seafaring people. In fact, a lot of the fear-based stuff that you'll read about in the Old Testament often has to do with the sea because as a people group, an ancient people group, they just weren't boat people. Like they, they just didn't do that. Other, you know, local tribal nations, you know, transported a lot of stuff across the sea and had ships, but the Israelites didn't. They were quite land-bound. And so for them, you know, the idea of going on ships on the ocean was like, for us it would be like some of us, went on rocket ships to the moon. You know, that would be like the equivalent because they just weren't like. So they're just dreaming about these adventurous people who, you know, go out of the way and do something crazy and have the courage and then in the midst of, you know, the great adventure hit the realities of life where even in that there's ups and downs and their, their courage failed them. So there's these four people, those wandering in wastelands, those sitting in darkness, those who've made foolish decisions and those who go out on adventures. And in every instance as it goes through this psalm, there's always this constant refrain. And it says, um, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Wherever they are, wherever you are, however you find yourself today, we can always cry out to the Lord and he will hear us and come to us wherever we find ourselves and we will experience the beauty of the mercy and the loving kindness of God that comes to us. Now, this psalm, when you read it in its fullness, is obviously written from the perspective of someone who's on the other side of these troubles. If you had asked the person wandering in the wasteland or sitting in the darkness or starving because they've made a dumb decision or about to be shipwrecked, write a psalm about the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord, you would probably get something like one of the other psalms we've got in the Bible which says, where are you, Lord? I've tried and my bones are... You'd get that psalm, right? That's not the psalm we have here. The psalm we have here is the one of the perspective of the story that God is writing with our lives about the enduring mercy and loving kindness of God. And so when we find ourselves in the deep darkness or in the experience of wandering in the wasteland, sometimes it can feel hard to read these words. But we need to read these words. Otherwise, we're just bound to the tyranny of the immediate. When we're in the midst of troubled times, we need to remember the story of the redeemed, the story that God is writing in our own lives and the story that he's been constantly writing, that it does not matter 
where you find yourself, how life is for you, what you're experiencing, the mercy of God endures forever and his loving kindness is faithful. And whenever we cry out to him, he hears us and he does wonderful deeds so that we can say, let the one who is wise ponder the loving deeds of the Lord, not just in this moment, but in the grand story and the scheme of what is happening. God comes to us disguised as our life, disguised in whatever it is that you're experiencing right now, disguised in four months of lockdown. God came to us disguised. Sometimes we have eyes to see, sometimes we don't. That doesn't mean God hasn't come to us. It just means that sometimes he has hidden work. Sometimes we don't know the dance that God is doing with us and we're off on the side. God comes to us in the ordinary and the everyday, in the loss and the suffering and the loneliness and the wasteland and the darkness and the adventures. And he comes to us working in mercy and love. And he always is working in us, bringing us forth in maturity, whether we can see it or whether we can feel it. Sometimes we can't see or sense or feel what God is doing in us. That's when we activate that trust and that faith that God is indeed always working because his mercy endures forever. And so I just want to encourage you this afternoon that wherever you are right now, however you came here this afternoon, whatever's going on in your day-to-day life, whether you know the, this moment in time for you is a high or a low or an ordinary in-between, however you're holding all the things that is happening in your ordinary everyday life, that this today is not your destination, even though sometimes it can really feel like you're going to be stuck in whatever you're feeling forever. Today is not your destination. Your destination in Christ is transformed into his likeness, is becoming mature and complete. That's that's your end point. And God is faithful and will take you there. What you're going through right now is just one step of the way. Whatever it is that God is doing at work in you, let patience have her way in your life. That God's mercy would carry you to maturity and completeness. Don't live stuck in the tyranny of the immediate. Be present to what is going on in you. You need to do that. Don't get stuck in thinking that the immediate is all there is because you are part of a larger story, both in your life and in the world that God is writing. And we can cry out to him and wait for him and trust him in every moment that he is doing a good and a faithful work in us. So just um, to finish, I want to ask you two questions and just give you a moment to reflect on them. I um, I want you to ask yourself this. I want you to sit in a moment. I'll give you a bit of time just to sit, maybe a minute, just to sit with God. And I want you to ask God this question. God, where might you be working in my life that I can't see or sense or feel it? Like where might you be at work, God, even though I don't know it? I want you to ask God and see if the Holy Spirit will reveal to you something true about what he's doing in you, even if it's hard to see. 
And the second question I want you to ask yourself is this, like where in your life might God be inviting you to participate with him in his work in you towards maturity? Because I believe that God is always at work in us in some way leading us on to maturity. And I think part of the growing in maturity is that we know it and we sense it enough to participate to work with God as we're growing rather than to be ignorant or in my, mostly in my case kind of just dopey and like hoping for the best. Like when we sense, I feel like God is working this in my life, we get to participate with him. That's, that's gold, getting to dance with God towards maturity in our lives. That's a good feeling. So I want, I want you to... Maybe just sit and ask yourself those two questions and I'm going to pray um, and I'm just going to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you about what's going on for you. So Father God, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. We give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good. Your loving kindness and your mercy endures forever. We give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good. You are faithful to us even when we are not faithful to you. We give thanks to you, Lord, for you are good, for you find us wherever we are, whether we're having adventures or we're stuck in the wilderness or darkness or whether by our own choices we find ourselves living in consequences, you always come to us to bring freedom, to bring healing, to bring goodness to us. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to speak to us now about your gentle, faithful, beautiful work in our lives, that we might hear your voice, God, and... Be obedient to what you are doing in us. Father God, you said, let the wise ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Would you help us to be wise, that we might consider what your love is looking and feeling like in our lives. May we know what the fire of your love feels like. May we know what the comfort of your love feels like. That we would be wise and see all the ways that your loving faithfulness is carrying us on to maturity. And we say thank you, God. We thank you that this is not just on us, but that you are always at work in us, working towards goodness and hope and love. Amen. One of the things um, Chris and I did in lockdown was we wrote a song. And Chris is going to play it for you. In the beginning you created your mercy Forever In our devotion You are fine
Your mercy endures. Your mercy endures. 